0: G'day and welcome to Partake. We continue on in our series, The Church Begins. And tonight we look at the final journey commences from Acts chapter 27, verses 1 to 38. But first, let me read from Acts chapter 26, verses 19 to 32. Paul has just given testimony about Jesus. Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared first to them of Damascus at Jerusalem and throughout all the country of Judea and also to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God, doing works worthy of repentance. For this reason the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. Having therefore obtained the help that is from God, I stand to this day testifying both to small and great, saying nothing but what the prophets and Moses said would happen, how the Christ must suffer, and how, by the resurrection of the dead, he would be first to proclaim light both to these people and to the Gentiles. And he thus made his defense. Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, are you crazy? Your great learning is driving you insane. But Paul said, I'm not crazy, most excellent Festus, but boldly declare words of truth and reasonableness. For the king knows of these things, to whom also I speak freely. For I am persuaded that none of these things is hidden from him, for this has not been done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you believe. Agrippa said to Paul, With a little persuasion, are you trying to make me a Christian? Paul said, I pray to God that whether with little or with much, not only you, but also all that hear me this day, might become such as I am, except for these bonds. The king rose up with the governor, and Bernice, and those who sat with them, When they had withdrawn, they spoke one to another, saying, This man does nothing worthy of death or of bonds. Agrippa said to Festus, This man might have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. The gospel of Jesus Christ has now spread throughout the Roman Empire. The church has begun, it's been built, and it's spreading, and Paul is now imprisoned in Caesarea. The Jewish leaders wanted Paul tried and executed and Festus was willing to go along with that idea. However, Paul, ever guided by the Holy Spirit, appealed directly to Caesar. Paul was a Roman citizen and any Roman citizen had that right. So after what we call the three missionary journeys, Paul is now on a final journey to Rome to the king, to Caesar. And we jump forward now to Acts chapter 27 to look at this final journey. And Luke records the course of the voyage in detail in Acts chapter 27 and we can feel just how people travelled back in that time in the first century. The prisoners were probably put on a boat at Caesarea. They sailed up the coast of Sidon to the east and north of Cyprus. At Sidon the centurion in charge of Paul by an act of kindness allowed him to go to his friends so that they might provide for his needs. Acts 27 verse 3 Now as far as we know Paul had never visited Sidon although perhaps he had met Sidonese people on his travels. This was to be the last time he would have had the fellowship and family worship of a Christian home and a wider company of believers. Strengthened and encouraged by this group of Christians, Paul was ready for any trouble that lay ahead for him. After two weeks sailing, they landed at Myra, in what is now southern Turkey. They then changed ships for one heading towards Italy, and their next stop was Crete. The time of the year was now late October and the weather was quickly getting worse according to Acts 27 verse 10. The captain and owner of the ship thought it may be wise to seek a new place in which to stay for the winter. Paul foresaw the disaster and said so. Paul it must be said did believe that God was ruler of the winds and the waves and that God would get him to Rome come what may. He was simply stating that it was better to be safe rather than sorry, to arrive in Italy safely in spring rather than not arriving at all. Paul's advice set the scene for the events that happened later on in the voyage in which, in which God once again confirmed Paul's discernment and calling by miracles and mighty works, even if it had no immediate effect on those responsible for the decision to sail on regardless. These sailors were not fools, however. They waited until the weather improved before starting to sail from Crete. Their optimism was soon blown away by a strong wind, which started to blow them towards Africa. Day after day after day after day, for two weeks they ran with the wind, hoping that the wind would stop, and at the same time seemingly waiting for the ship to sink. The sailors were probably starting to reflect on their life and commitments or the lack of commitments. And during this time, Paul intervened to encourage their disheartened spirits. So Paul was an encouragement. There was an encouragement, a call for faith. Acts chapter 27 verses 21 to 26. By this time everybody on board must have been aware that Paul was right in his warning not to sail on. He said they should keep their courage because no one would lose their life even if the ship was damaged beyond the repair. But why should they believe this? Because God had sent an angel to assure Paul that he would arrive in Rome to stand trial before King Caesar, the Emperor. Paul had faith in God that it would happen just as he had promised. Therefore they should take courage All people, whether Christian or non-Christian or atheist, are in the same boat of life. All people share a common life of ups and downs. Godless sailors lived because of godly Paul. Yet it is up to us as Christians to share a message of hope to all those who do not believe. These sailors, even though they were blessed by God to survive this disaster, may not survive the next voyage of disaster, and then they would end up in hell. Regardless of their blessings, they stayed lost if they did not come to Christ in faith. For Paul, however, to live was Christ, and to die was gain. Philippians 1, verse 21 Whatever trials we face as believers, we must, must hold fast, the glory of Jesus Christ. The real issue, Paul tells his shipmates, is not whether we live or die, but what will you do with Jesus? Paul spoke of God's promises and his faith in God, and he invited them also to believe in God, just as he did. And then there was a call and encouragement for unity to stay together. Acts 27 verses 27 to 32. Their crisis came 14 days out of Crete. They are about to land at Malta in conditions that were worse than awful. Some sailors were trying to sneak off in the lifeboat. Paul, however, insisted that all hands were necessary if any were to be saved. And the centurion prevented them from escaping. Then there was a call for effort. The promise of God always includes the means to fulfill His promise. God doesn't command or give His power to the faithful so that they may be lazy and not plan when there is a definite reason to be careful. When God makes a promise to us, we must be responsible to receive that promise. God promises to save us, yet it is our responsibility to accept by faith His Son, Jesus Christ. Paul always reminded them of God's promise. He urged them to take food so that they would be strong when the time was needed for strength. He once again reminded them of the promise of God. He also witnessed to them when eating by giving thanks to God. Paul was a man of God and a man of action, a man of the Spirit and common sense of rationality, a man who combines spirituality with sanity, rationality, faith with works, a man who is heavenly minded and of earthly use. Christians should be the most practical people in the world, because the Lord has given us the real truth about the real world and its real needs. How do you respond to the world? Are you like Paul? Thank you.